The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about joy and happiness, and one has to be loving to oneself and everyone else to have that joy and happiness. And I just finished reading this beautiful book called The 12 Steps to Joy and Happiness, Finding the Kingdom of God that Lies Within and that's from Luke 17:21 and it's by David London Peters. Let me tell you a little bit about David. He's coming to us from the East Coast this morning. David is 85 years young and he sounds young and vibrant. Uh, he is an engineer, entrepreneur and spiritual searcher whose life has been filled with amazing coincidences or synchronicities. His 40-year study of the very small quantum mechanics and the very large cosmology combined with an 80-year spiritual path led to a realization that all is one, the result of a single, unbounded moving force. The music of of life, the music of the universe, some may call that music God, and he has found that being a conscious part of that and trusting in that force will result in a life of joy and happiness. So he has 85 years to prove that he's been doing that and we are just thrilled to have him. You can find out more about him and his book and his website at conflicthealing.com and we link to his website and I'm going to sneeze. Wait a second. (laughs) Um, Maybe it went away. At David Lendon, that's D-A-V-I-D-L-E-N-D-O-N, peters.com. So, David, thank you for joining us this morning from the East Coast. Well, thank you for asking me. So, David, um, what is the difference between, like, the law of attraction and your term abundance or life of abundance? The primary difference is that uh, I have found that the law of attraction primarily uh, are working towards the ego, and it's promising uh, uh, money, big houses, lots of cars, and so forth. But I consider that to be an absolute waste, that the life of abundance is one, it doesn't matter what you have, but it is actually living within the love of God at the moment, right now. Yes. 
And there's so many people that have so much money who are not happy and joyful, right? I mean, we see this with celebrities that commit suicide. You know, they're not happy. They, they're they always looking for something outside of themselves instead of looking within and, you know, the spirit within them. And so, uh, yeah, abundance is joy, happiness, like what you talk about, but it's also loving relationships, um, connection with nature, uh, having food on the table, <laughs> you yeah. know, the, the having health, good health, that's abundance too. So, yeah, I agree with you. And, and, you know, the law of attraction, you're just saying what you want to be attracted to you. But, of course, there's some people that use the law of attraction to say, I want to attract loving relationships in my life. I want to attract a connection with God. So some people use it for some other... Some people can use it. Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, I found most of the, uh, uh, the people that talk about it talk about getting getting more money, <laughs> quite frankly. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I think what happens, and, and you know, they've talked about um, how people are getting away from religion in this country and many other countries. So, you know, I know you talk about that you were raised Catholic and that you're Catholic. Um, yes. And, but uh, you're, the way your book goes, you know, what I see in your book is very much similar to how I feel. It's more of a spiritual connection connection to God. It's not just the um, the religion and what the human tells us to believe. It seems like yours is a, much more of a spiritual connection. Am I right? That is correct. That is correct. I, I, I am a follower of, of Jesus. That, that's what I call myself. And uh, it's true I belong to the Catholic faith, and I go to church every Sunday with my wife. But there are many things I have a a different viewpoint on. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, now we're starting to see that, you know, religion was created to help us get together to to honor spirit and God, you know, and then there's many paths to God. But um, no, having that spiritual connection, I think, is really the key. When you talk about that Jesus called it the living in the kingdom of God, you know, being in that presence of the divine, whatever you want to call that divine, right? That's right. Right now. Right now. Right here. Right here. Right here. I mean, right in the midst of you and I right now is that divine essence, that divine spirit. So um, when you talk, you talk about the paradise and earth, what do you, how do you explain that? Jesus talked about that, and... and and people say, but the earth is is uh, uh, so messy. It's uh, you know there's there's lots of pain, sickness, and so forth, and and and, and there's so many people so poor. How could how could not be living in paradise? Well, paradise is not something material. It's a place that you are there in your mind, in in your in your being, where you can reach back in and. I connect with your very being, who you are. This this being filled with God. Yes. But you can see that, and say, okay, this is who I am. Then at that point, that you find yourself living within the kingdom of God. You find yourself living joyfully, no matter what's going on with your life. Right. Right. 
And so, you know, it's like, for at least from my perspective, you know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience in this body. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the truth of who we are is not the outside shell, right? It's not Mari, you know, in this incarnation. <laughs> maybe it was George in a previous one, and maybe a dog in a previous one. Who knows? But, um, but, but the soul, which is who we really are, um, is not uh, age. It's ageless, right? It's ageless. Right. So when we say you're 85, that's that's in your human years, but not your your spiritual years. You may be hundreds of thousands of years old, and me too. But the paradise that I think you're talking about is that peace within that that um, that we hear that Buddha or Jesus or so many of the the prophets like the have talked. Yeah, the Dalai Lama all that talked about all of the prophets. Um, spoke about yeah yeah you also talk about how you believe that quantum physics really proves that there is god so you want to talk about that yes that's that that was uh i got interested in that because i'm an engineer i i deal with things and uh i've I've got 18 patents and, and, and i've done a lot of a lot of stuff i have my own company and it's it's one of these things that you say, okay, how does science and, uh, and faith fit together? And so I began studying some of, this, some of the work coming out of Einstein and, and then coming out of the quantum physics world. And, and I, I began to realize that what you're seeing is that what they're saying is absolutely nothing exists in the material world. It is only fields and energy levels that have bound together so firm that what we see is stuff, but it's only energy. It's not really there. Energy and material are, are just two forms of the same thing. This is what the atomic right. uh, atomic weapon is, the atomic systems, is the fact that once you release that bond, there's a tremendous burst of energy. Right, and I said, I said to myself, "Well, what is that energy?" So as I studied that, I began to understand that the energy is a relationship. It's the relationship between what they call a quantum field, and that's the term for a thing that that they don't know what else to call it. They have no name for it, and and and. And so they call it a field. Right, right. And uh, they know so little about it, but what they do know is that it has formed everything you see and everything you don't see. Right. And, and I said to, to myself, isn't that a perfect definition of God? Right, right. Well, they, they, I, they've some supposedly have found the God particle, right? I've right. seen that even on 60 Minutes. They talk about right. the God particle, which is exactly what you're talking about, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. the God particle is, is, is the core of, of everything. Yes. So if, if we think that we're really this body, we're, we're made up of atoms, 
and molecules, right? That's what right. you're talking about. And it's the space between those atoms that is that it's energy. energy field. Yeah. That's there. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's who we are. We're all energy, yeah. And we all emit a light, an infrared light. So, yeah, so we are, we're not what we think we are when we, you know, get dressed up to go out and have dinner. And we, for me, I put on my makeup, my husband combs his hair and gets all dressed up and we do that. You know, that's just, um, that's just a facade. <laughs> it is. It's really a facade. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. It's pleasure. Sure. But, uh, but that's what it is. And it, it, it's all part of, of being part of God. God is, is joy. Yes. You know, that, that's why it's a 12 steps to, to joy, because God is joy. And, and, and that's, how, that's how we exist together. Yes. In, in fields of joy. Yeah. And I think it's really important that people recognize that we can be sad and still be joyful, and we can be yeah. worried and still be joyful and know that underneath it all, there is this divine presence, this divine guidance, this divinity that is everywhere, even though we see wars, we see crazy things happening in politics, um, we see all this uh, chaos, but really, if we're really going to get centered about it, we recognize that all is really in divine order underneath it all, right? Right. And right. There's, there is, if you want to call it a plan, I'm not really sure if, if it's a direct plan per se or if, if, if God is, uh, is, is flowing in and out of this whole thing to such a, a, a degree that everything that happens, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what happens, is okay. It's all right. Right. There, there, there is it's divine. Messy it, universe. Yeah, or or there is a divine order. You know, when yeah. when you yeah. when you look, you know, especially when you go someplace like the mountains or the ocean, that's yeah. easier to recognize. You know, you see a beautiful ocean, and the sunset, and the clouds, and the birds, and you see all this gorgeous stuff. You know, I mean, every time I go to the beach, I'm just in awe. And, or when I go to the mountains, and I just see that I could be driving on the freeway and look at the mountains, and I'm going, yeah. wow, that is just so amazing. That is just divine architecture. You know, it's just so amazing. But, I live on a, 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 a low mountain or a very high hill, and I look out over the valley. I've got eight acres sitting in the middle of a thousand acres of, mm. of, of nothing, but, but up, up fairly high. The East Coast, and uh, and looking out over the the boundless t territory, and particularly this time of year. Yes. Oh, the colors, huh? Yeah, but the colors are just stunning. Oh, amazing! Yeah, yeah. You just you just kind of are in awe. That's why it's so important, I think, for everybody to get out in nature because when you're in a, a glass building or you're just sitting in front of your computer, you you just kind of forget. <laughs> it's so important to take a walk in nature and, and right. see the beauty and, uh, and, and all around you, and it really helps you to, to know that. So you talk about, um, in your book, you talk about alternative ortho orthodoxy. What do you mean by that? 
the alternative orthodoxy uh, that came about at, uh, the Franciscan approach to life, St. Francis of Assisi. Mm-hmm. He was counterculture with the church at that time. In, in the sense that, that he talked about everything from the bottom up. That is, we have to recognize what happened within Christianity. As it formed, it was very good for the first 312 years. And then the emperor decided that it should be his tool of conquering. Politics, right? Politics destroys Politics. everything. Yep. Politics took over. Yeah. So it, it, it became top down. So we began talking about the kingdom of God, and God is, is as the king. But that's not who Jesus said he was. He rejected kingship. Right, right. He said no. And so St. Francis took it from the other way around. He said that the world is God. Right. And, 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 and he would talk about the Mother Earth and, and, and Son and, and everything and talk to the animals because they're all part of, of this being of, of eternity. Right. And so that's the alternative approach to God from the bottom up. Right, right. And, and that is through the messiness of life. That is through the pain right, of life. That right. is through, and it's through the goodness, but it is through the pain. You it, know, and, and the older I get, the more I realize that when I go through the dark night of the soul, that when I am not in the dark night of the soul, when things are, are good, when, <laughs> when I get beyond that, that then I can really appreciate the good times when I get past the dark night. And I know right now you're, you know, your wife is suffering with a uh, disease. So that's, that's, uh, but still you can be joyful, even though you know, and you're there for her and you're going through that, you're going through the dark night of the soul, but you also know that God is with her and God is with you. And, um, and that is a, a, at least a solace, right? And it's, that's correct. And it's a joy, and, uh, right? We spend, you know, uh, She's very weak right now, and, and and she can't really do anything. But she does get around, sometimes, almost always with a walker, sometimes without the walker. But uh, we spend at least a half hour a day in, in prayer and in meditation together. And, uh, and it's these moments of, you know, we just sit together. We don't have to do anything. Right. And, and, and so, uh, so we find the joy of of life, of just being there. Right. And you probably have a view of those, that valley that you're talking we about. <laughs> that that's, that's beautiful, too, is just to sit with her out on the porch and put a yeah. blanket on her and let her see the beauty Which of that. Out the windows, you know. Yeah, it's, or out the windows, whatever. Yeah. I love the snow. I love everything up that we see up here because it's, even with the snow, it's absolutely stunning. Yes, yes. So you you have really used the twelve step program for your twelve step, you know, your recovery movement twelve steps right. to talk about the twelve steps of joy and happiness, and um, and so why did you use that? 
I came across the 12 steps oh, a long time ago, back in the 70s, and, and, and I began to use the 12 steps as a, as a means. I have clinical depression, and that was battling back and forth all, all my life. Mm. And that's both a good thing and a bad thing. As, as a bad thing, of course, clinical depression can be uh, debilitating. Sure. As a good thing, it, it takes you to the point of, of demanding, if you're going to survive it, to bring yourself close to God. Right. And, and so uh, when I found the 12 steps, I, I began to apply them to this problem. And uh, it has kept me going ever since then, very strongly. Yes. And, and I look at it as the perfect pattern of life that you need to, to find uh, the, the kingdom of God here on earth. Right, right. That the, the 12 steps are really surrendering to God. Right, That's surrendering and turning it over, right? Because life is a challenge, and many—I yep. mean, yes, yep. life is beautiful, but we all go through difficult times in our lives. And right. um, I've taken those twelve steps, and I've—I've I've modified them a bit to fit in with the more general culture of of, of our people are experiencing today. And uh, so that's that's the path that we use that I advocate to everybody that I, I talk with on this. When they come to me with a problem, this is what I talk about. Right. And as we practice the 12 steps ourselves, right. um, you know, we realize, like, isn't the first step, and I was going to look in your book, but um, the first step is to realize that there's a power greater than you, right? Right. And right. once that's, you that's know, yeah. That, that there is the power greater than you, then you can't surrender into it. That you know it won't do you wrong. Right, right. So if I if I know that there is a power greater to, than me that I can tap into when things go wrong, and and when I you know I have as an attorney, you know, <laughs> there's this tendency to um, to be controlling, you know. And to yeah. tell people what to do. <laughs> and to think that I should be able to control things, right? So through my whole life, I've had to realize that that there is a power greater than me. <laughs> that, that I really have to let go and let God. So right. that's, that's my favorite saying. When things are not going the way that I think they should be going, and I've done everything that I can to make them go the way that, that I think is best for everybody, then I just have to say, okay, let go, let God. And there's a beautiful saying by Buddha that says, um, all suffering comes from not accepting what is. And, right. and uh, I love that because I tell my clients that and I tell myself that. And then I remember to let go and let God that there is divine order, that everything is as it's meant to be. And if, if things go easily, then it's meant to be. If I get my head against the wall, then it's not meant to be. Right. <laughs> so, That's um, okay, too. That, okay, because then I say, this or something better. Yep. 
this or something better. Now, you talk of synchronicity as a result of your trust in God, which is kind of like what I was saying. Could you explain right. uh, what you mean by the synchronicity? Uh, a synchronicity is the unusual combination of things that happen together. And when you look back at it, you say, wow, that's really strange. Uh, for instance, I was uh, on, Long Island, on uh, Long Island. Uh, we were married, and we had five kids, very small kids. We have seven altogether now. But wow. At that point, we had five back <laughs> yeah. in 1970. Right. And we said, you know, that we've never been anywhere on vacation as a family. We go back to visit my parents, who lived in Ohio, every year, but that wasn't a true vacation. Right, right. So we said, well, well, where can we go? And so we just kind of looked at a map, and we had never been to the Finger Lakes, and we said, uh, okay, let's go to the Finger Lakes camping. We had never camped before. So I, I ran in the camper, came up to the Finger Lakes, absolutely fell in love with the area up here mm. the trees and the, the woods and the, and 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 the and the stunning scenery the hills and all that right compared to to long island which is flat as a pancake and ohio where i was born and raised which is flat as a pancake and so i can remember driving back to long island and as we went through binghamton new york i said what can i do as an engineer a, a specialist up here. I would certainly love to live here. That was August. On November 3rd, the, the plant I was in was closed down. 700 engineers lost their job. Wow. I began searching for a job. There was this one ad in the uh, New York Times that sounded like me. I responded to it. And I was invited up for an interview up to Binghamton, How do you like? New York. <laughs> How right do you like that? Where I had said, what can I do? Right. And God answered. <laughs> God answered you, right? Yes. <laughs> That's synchronicity. Yeah, synchronicity. That is, yeah, it's it's amazing where you, and, and even little things like when you start thinking of a friend you hadn't seen in a long time and the phone rings and it's your friend. It's your friend, yeah. Yeah, those are, those are little God- jokes you know <laughs> that um there is a, I, I remember reading a book um by uh what's his name oh i just forgot his name but anyway uh a, 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 by a cancer surgeon and he said that uh coincidence is god's way of remaining anonymous yes. yeah bernie siegel bernie siegel yeah so anyway, we are just about out of time. I want to be able to say your book again for people that would like some joy in their life, no matter what's happening. It's called The 12 Steps to Joy and Happiness, Finding the Kingdom of God that Lies Within. That comes from Luke seventeen twenty one, by David L. Peters. And your website is David London, L-E-N-D-O-N, peters.com and um thank you so much for joining us well thank you for asking me this this has been a great conversation yeah yeah and we're just gonna see your wife filled with that emerald green ray of healing in every little atom molecule and cell of her being 
to be healthy. And you let me know how that goes, okay? I will. All right. Thank you so much. So go to everybody listening. You're going to go to conflicthealing.com, and we link to davidlondonpeters.com. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on KUCI. And visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.